everyone, again, has your own opinions, but it's the way that it's communicated. It's very easy to point the finger and blame other people versus pointing that finger back to you and taking responsibility. And what I mean by this is our kids are learning from us. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast where we shift your WTF moments into WTL moments and learn together how to transform your life and relationships through social-emotional learning. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, social-emotional learning experts and the co-founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. In each episode, we'll explore the five competencies of SEL, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making and share practical tips, stories, and strategies for building these skills in ourselves and others. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just looking to improve your own social-emotional well-being, this podcast is for you. Join us as we navigate the exciting and sometimes challenging world of SEL and discover the power that emotional intelligence has to transform our lives and communities. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. What's the lesson? It's your hosts, Jill and Mary. It's also (laughs) Valentine's Day tomorrow. So happy Valentine's Day, our lovely listening fan. Oh, you know, we love love and we definitely love you all. And for those of you who don't know, at the end of this love month, we'll be hosting a self-love social for girls who are 10 to 13 to come practice that concept of self-love and establish really what that means to them. So if you happen to be interested in learning more about what this workshop entails, you can head on over to either our Instagram or our website to check out the details. And spots are limited, so make sure you double-check your schedule to get tickets because this baby is going to sell out. So today... Today, 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 Today. um, we kind of emerged last week from a little bit of a podcast hiatus. We talked about the fact that we wanted to be more intentional with our focus, who we were talking to, and what we were talking about. So it only made sense that we came back on the show today to talk about our expertise. S-E-L. What does it mean, Jill? (laughs) I was trying to think of something funny for SEL, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. What SEL means is social emotional learning, and it's been around for over a decade. It's been practiced for many years now, um, and we're continuing to talk about it in a different way. A lot of people hear SEL because it's taught in schools or your kids come home and say, hey, I have this SEL teacher that comes in um, to my classroom and teaches me new skills to help cope or deal with emotions. But what we are doing with SEL is taking it out of schools and taking it into the community and the work that we do with girls and parents. And man, do we really have to be intentional about our work within SEL because it feels like we're fighting an uphill battle. Um, 
There's this interesting argument going on around SEL right now because it just it feels like everything has an interesting argument around everybody's it fighting. these days and everybody's <laughs> fighting. So Jill said SEL has been around for the last decade and she's right in terms of it being something that has a curriculum right. and is taught in the way that it's taught. But SEL at its core is emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence has been around since the dawn of time, right? Whether we know how to use it or apply it in certain so social situations is left to be determined. However, emotional intelligence is foundational for human to human connection. So we have to be really, really intentional with the work we're doing because it almost feels like we're screaming with a pillow over our face at how important this work is. And some people just don't want to listen because they think it's something else. I love that you said that we're screaming with a pillow over our face because if, I mean, Mary and I were just scrolling today on our Instagram she brought up a post that she saved and we went to the comments. And if you want to talk about people wanting their voice to be heard, but doing it in the most disrespectful way, just go read comments online. It's absolutely insane. Oh, and this particular post was about how a school district here in Arizona is getting ready to file a lawsuit against the tech giants that are Facebook, Instagram and TikTok for the part they play in the declining mental health of not only our students, but our society. Now, obviously, the school in and of itself is focused on the students, but opening up the comment section just makes it so clear that we're divided on every single front, including the health of our children. So we were scrolling and reading these comments, and everyone has an opinion, yes, that Mary and I always say social media is a blessing and a curse if used appropriately or inappropriately. And unfortunately, these comments were just people berating one another and bashing this school district to, you know, really try to stand up for what they believe in. And whether you believe in that or not, it, everyone, again, has your own opinions, but it's the way that it's communicated. It's very easy to point the finger and blame other people versus pointing that finger back to you and taking responsibility. And what I mean by this is our kids are learning from us. If we don't practice our social emotional learning, our children, unfortunately, aren't going to learn it. And that's why it feels like we are screaming with a pillow over our face because we need parents and community leaders and teachers. Literally everyone needs to be practicing these skills because our children desperately need it. Youth mental health is at an all-time high and we need to look at ourselves first before we start blaming other people and other organizations. Well, and as the prophets, the Beatles said, we need to come together. We need to have a common language around what SEL actually is and the benefits when applied in fidelity. And fidelity simply means that we're following that common language and teaching from the same page. I want to read a quote from um, Mark Brackett, somebody we really look up to in the social emotional learning space. 
He is a professor of the at the Yale School of Medicine and the director of the Yale Center of Emotional Intelligence. So if anybody knows a little something about a little something, <laughs> it's this guy. This guy But he said, SEL can't be addressed only in a 10-minute morning meeting or every Thursday, fourth period. It can't be isolated in occasional assemblies for students or in workshops for teachers. SEL, which includes the principles, tools, and strategies that build self and social awareness, healthy emotional regulation, and responsible decision-making, has to be an everyday thing and part of the school's DNA. There needs to be a common language among all stakeholders. It has to be integrated into leadership, instruction, faculty meetings, family engagements, hiring procedures, and policies. And you know where that is not happening? The comment section on Facebook when we choose to throw stones in glass houses. Because it's really easy for somebody to judge and sit here and say, well, just don't give your kids social media. Maybe the school should sue the parents for introducing this to their kids. And it's like, I'm so over that argument because social media is here. Mm -hmm. It's not going anywhere. If anything, it's only going to grow. We're only depending on it more and more and more as a society. And we cannot have our cake and eat it, too. And what I mean by that is we look at grandparents, right? We look at this 40, 50, 60-year-old age range bracket and we look down upon them because they aren't with it they don't understand technology they can't text back they can't do this we can't have our cake and eat it too we can't keep our kids from technology and social media and yes do we agree that there needs to be more restrictions placed on how kids are using it a hundred percent but like jill said that comes back to us we don't even know how to use it as adults We're suffering the same consequences because it was introduced in the same fast-paced manner that it was to our kids. We don't even know the boundaries we need to place on it on ourselves, and our kids are only mimicking our behaviors. Yes. And why we will stand so firm in our belief that social-emotional learning, it needs to be practiced by everyone, not just girls. And I think that was really an aha moment in building this business two and a half years ago. And still, it stands true to this day that we use a lot of the conversation and the framework of social emotional learning with our girls because we know that it develops their self-awareness, their self-confidence, and their self-worth. But guess what? Girls aren't the only ones who need those skills and strategies and tools. Boys need it. Parents need it. Coaches need it. Because, again, we are lacking. We're lacking these skills. And I was going to say lagging. Like some might have the skills, but our kids literally are lacking social skills. And look at us as parents. We, unfortunately, aren't helping our kids learn them by acting the way that we are. So all of us listeners, people who are going to be catching this somewhere else, I want us to take responsibility for our actions. If social emotional learning can help us in any way, it is us looking at ourselves first and saying, how can I be better for myself? But it's going to impact my kids and those around me, whether you're a parent or not. 
Well, an SEL needs to be isolated. It can't be lumped in with all of the other things that you think are wrong with your child's school district. If anything, it needs to be isolated and made a bigger issue. Um, it needs to be made a bigger deal. Like Mark said, it has to be the common language that's thread through all of our conversations. Your kids can't log on to social media and see that mom commented on this post and then go read your comment and see you throwing stones in glass houses because you don't agree. You're only furthering the problem at that point. You're not helping anything. So we have heard a lot of metaphors as to what social emotional learning is for us. The one that we really like to use is that of a plate because what we're not looking to do is add anything more to your plate. However, social emotional learning, those skills on how to keep your cool, how to work through conflict resolution, how to respond and not react, that's the plate. Social emotional learning is the plate in which everything else sits on top of in order for kids to grow and learn and explore these areas of themselves. They can't take a math test first period when they just had a fight with you about cleaning up their room and you drop them off at school and, and that's that. Right. Because we've all been there and I guarantee you, you know, they're not thinking about, man, I'm going to really just compartmentalize right now um, because I'm going to focus on my math test. No, they're thinking about how crummy they feel and how they feel like they're worth nothing and then you know, we're going to ask them to perform in school. We have to be aware of those things. And we're not saying that you have to be perfect because, man, I'm a parent and I, I, and a professional. She's a professional social emotional learning expert. And I am not a perfect parent because I'm short with my kids too. But what's cool is being able to catch it sooner so that I can have a conversation to make it right so that it doesn't impact my kid's entire day or mine. So the analogy of social-emotional learning being the plate that everything sits on, social-emotional learning is prevention. It's helping you as a parent. It's helping you as a coach. It's helping you as a community leader to think about how you show up in this world and show up in person and behind closed doors when you're commenting on things or when you're showing up online it is how you are showing up and one thing that i think is really important to point out is that might be really hard for you to comprehend because that's not how you grew up mm. i didn't grow up in a family that talked about their feelings I didn't grow up in a household that allowed me to work through problems by critically thinking. I grew up in a household that told me to get over it, that told me that big girls don't cry, that made it easier to do so behind closed doors when no one was watching because it was easier to do it alone than to answer for why I was feeling a certain way in front of other people. We had to be strong. We had to do this or show up this way because that's the way our parents were taught. So this is almost a reparenting tactic for you. And that might be really difficult to learn because it's not what you know. And I want to challenge what you know, because what you know is probably not serving the kids directly in front of you. Yeah. Well, 
And I love that social emotional learning doesn't have to be just for kids. Again, we're going to, this whole podcast is going to be about how to show up better. How do you look at what you're doing and do it better? That's what social emotional learning is. It's strengthening your self-awareness, how you show up around others. It's your relationships. It's how you make decisions. It's how you resolve conflicts. And don't you want to be better at doing that? As a leader, whether it's a leader at your job, in your community, at home, with your family, with yourself, with yourself. It's knowing the skills and practicing them every single day so that we can show up as our best, brightest, and most confident selves. Well, and show up as our best selves even when we're not feeling like our best selves because that's important too because our shit, if you will, can't spew out and harm everyone else. But it does if we're not emotionally prepared to deal with our shit on our shittiest days. Yeah, totally. It just makes me think of when you have a bad day, like, does everybody feel it? And that's a question that you can reflect on and ask yourself because, man, I know when I'm having a bad day, I like to talk about my bad day and then I leave my bad day with other people. And it's like I have to also take responsibility for, yeah, hey, I'm allowed to have bad days, but I'm going to take responsibility for saying like I'm going to choose to not have this bad day turn into a bad week. Well, and we've been immersed in a lot of social-emotional learning conversations over the last two and a half years. And something that was cool for us to hear recently was a teacher talking about how she speaks to her, the parents of the children that she's teaching around those bad days and that pit in your stomach when you answer a phone call or an email from a teacher that says, well, little Johnny had a bad day. Today wasn't his day. It's like, oh, shoot, like, what happened? How do I help? And a lot of teachers, mine in particular, I remember leaving it at that because they didn't necessarily have the tools either. They're only busier in, in, in today's day and age than they were back when we were in grade school. But something the teacher said was, let's open that conversation up a little bit more utilizing social emotional learning as the connection point. So it's not Johnny just had a bad day. It's Johnny had a bad day. And this is what we tried in order to get him out of the funk. This is what he resonated with to help him move past whatever happened in his day. Therefore, giving the parents hope that the bad day didn't stay a bad day and they could implement some of these tools and tactics at home when Johnny was going through something similar. How great is that to have the support of a teacher to say, hey, he was feeling this. We tried this strategy and here's the result. Whether it worked or didn't work, but we're we're bringing you in on this conversation so that you, a parent, can learn this strategy and see if it can also be practiced at home. Because a lot of times when we have conversations with our girls in our workshops and our camps, parents all the time tell us, man, I needed to hear that. I don't even practice these things. And it's like, well, well, here's the bigger conversation. We all need to practice it now. It's not just, hey, 
I'm going to put my kid in a camp or a workshop to learn these skills. It's I'm going to do that and I'm also going to be committed to doing these same things for myself so that together as a family unit, we can just be aware of how we're showing up for one another and ourselves. Well, and the family unit connected with the support from the school, we're starting to weave that red thread through every conversation, making it a societal issue, right? One that we all have stake in fixing. So um, I think one thing that's important to leave you with, we love analogies. We love being able to apply it in a way that makes sense. Um, We heard this analogy somewhere along the way, and it was um, the the sense of firefighting versus fire prevention. If I'm a forest ranger and there are constantly forest fires, yes, it is my job to put out those fires. But it makes more sense for me to teach everyone at the campsite fire prevention. If I can teach people how to manage their emotions, resolve conflicts, and bounce back from setbacks, I'm going to have to put out less fires. What we need to do is teach proactively skills that help kids and families do fire prevention work, like how to access mental health resources, how to bounce back from setbacks, and how to build healthy relationships on their own. So by the time they're our age, mid-30s, they're not constantly seeking out things to fill voids that they have based on the lack of skills that they've acquired throughout their life. I love this analogy. Let's not let our kids get burned. Let's not us get burned. If we can practice preventing the fires, why not do it? Yes, of course, there are going to be fires. We're humans. This is life. However, I love seeing it painted in that regard because we've all been camping. You all have to play by the rules when, you know, the the campsite is telling you to burn. There's a no burn day or there's a burn day because we want we want to be safe, not only for ourselves who are camping, but for those around us. So how do we take that analogy, that camp analogy and utilize it for how we show up? in 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 life through social emotional learning with that said we found it important to just do a little deep dive on how we see social emotional learning how we've learned social emotional learning how social emotional learning has really created an incredible impact on our lives and how we're turning around and implementing that into the girls and the families that we work with and the hill we're standing on the hill will probably die on because without <laughs> garnering these tools, Jill and I's life would probably still be a dumpster fire. Because that, speaking of fires, that is exactly where we crawled out of from our lives less than 10 years ago. So picture that 25, 26 years old, still setting dumpster fires in our lives because we didn't know how to appropriately handle situations that we created in our lives. True. So this hill, this one of social emotional learning is one that we will absolutely die on because we see, know, and understand greatly how important it is, not just to us, but to our entire community, our entire world. 
And we hope, our hope in this episode is that you saw something for you. What is it that you can sharpen? Like what area of your life can you refine so that you can show up better for yourself? You can show up better for the people you love. You can show up better for your job. And it's not, we're not trying to fire hose you by saying, do all of these things. It's start small. It's doing one thing. It's developing that self-awareness. That's one component in social emotional learning. And the more that you can be aware of how you show up, how you respond, how you think about people and say things to people, the better. Because I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, our kids are watching and we want to be the best examples for them. So until next time, you guys, go out and be the best example for them. (laughs) You've got this. You got this. And we will talk to you on the next episode of What's the Lesson? Bye. Bye. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in with us. If you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one of the following ways. By sharing this episode with a friend or tagging us on your social media, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review, or by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Geneva for girls and parents in the show notes. This is a place where we exchange ideas, pose questions, and provide support to each other. Until next time, you guys, remember, being able to shift our WTF moments and finding the lesson instead saves us time and mental energy. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.